You're listening to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast, the place where women leaders, founders, and CEOs come to break free from binge eating so they can have more peace, energy, and make a bigger impact while enjoying the foods they love. Okay, ladies, listen up, because today we're going to spill a little tea, okay? Um, There is something that I have been noticing among women, and it's what I call being in resigned acceptance. So in noticing that many women are feeling like they're just confused, powerless to get to a healthy weight, dissatisfied with what they see in the mirror, tired and exhausted of the constant struggle, they're quitting, they're giving up, but they're not quitting because they accept their body and they love their body just as it is. They're dissatisfied and feeling a sense of apathy and resigned acceptance. And so what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about how you can actually shift this so that you can actually live your life fully with no limitations. That means you can accept your body if that's what you choose or If you truly want to change something about your body in a positive way from a place of aligned self-love, then keep listening. In today's episode, we're going to cover, first of all, the one crucial step most weight loss solutions miss that keep women trapped in the yo-yo weight cycle. We're also going to talk about Three things that I've identified after my own recovery and working with other women that constitute your relationship to eating and the one thing you need to focus on the most and how you can break the cycle of generational obesity if that is something that you see in your family. So let's go ahead and get into this Facebook Live that I did on the topic of what to do when you feel like your weight is out of control. Keep listening. Today we're talking about what to do when your weight feels like it's out of control. And, you know, something that I hear from a lot of people once they are ready to do the work to really transform their relationship to eating, their relationship to themselves, their relationship to weight loss. um, I hear, you know, I never thought I would be here. I'm at the highest weight that I've ever been. And I just never thought I would be here. So... Maybe you can relate to some of these. Do you find yourself spending so much time thinking about food, about your body, and you find yourself really spending a lot of mental energy and a lot of bandwidth um, just wrapped up in how, you know, your appearance and being fearful about gaining weight? Um, Do you feel like your life looks really great from the outside looking in, but inside you actually struggle a lot with your weight with feeling not confident in your in your skin uh, maybe holding yourself back from opportunities like media opportunities you know uh opportunities to appear on camera um to get in front of bigger audiences do you feel like you would feel more confident in your own skin and go after those opportunities if you were able to 
genuinely um, release your weight from a place of feeling like it's an extension of you. You're able to just eat in a way that's natural, um, that's healthy, that's aligned with your goals. So if these are things that you know you can relate to and things that you're interested in, then stick around because we're going to talk about you know what are the common things that kind of take us off track from that, and how can we actually take control of our weight loss journey. So I'm going to really break this down. So you might want to get a piece of paper, um, tag people if you know if anybody would be interested in hearing about like permanent sustainable weight loss. Um, if you are following me, chances are you're not interested in just like the quick fixes, the fad diets. Um, and you know, the first thing that most women try to do when it comes to gaining control of their weight is what we're basically we've been conditioned to do, right? Um, so you, you might've tried the different diets, lifestyle changes like keto, WW, Whole30, um, you know, low carb, slow carb. I've done all of these. I've tried all of these. Um, you might have tried tracking something like your calories, your macros. You might have tried weighing and measuring your food. Um, you might have gone down the path of trying mindful eating or intuitive eating. And you might have tried intermittent fasting or one meal a day and things like these. Well, what do all of these things have in common? So for one thing, they all address one of three specific topics. Like if we were to put them under big buckets. The first one is changing the frequency of your meals, you know, cutting down portions um, or eating less. So eating less or reducing the frequency of, of your meals. The second big bucket is changing the nutritional makeup of your meals, the content of your meals, either by um, limiting certain ingredients or focusing only on certain ingredients or things like that. And then the third one um, involves increasing your awareness around your meals, awareness of yourself around eating, around your meal times. And again, I have gone down all of these paths, all right? I used all of them in an effort to try and create permanent sustainable weight loss for myself and to stop my binge and emotional eating that I suffered with for over 20 years. So if you've tried any of these, trust me, you know, it's not your fault and you're not alone in this. And this is totally what we're taught to do. But all of these things do miss one crucial first step that we're not taught. And that crucial first step is that you must address the programming that created the way that you eat, the frequency in which you eat, and the nutritional makeup of what you're eating in the first place. So let's say, for example, that you have um, a pet, a pet puppy, you know, a new baby puppy, and they keep going to the bathroom in, in not where they're supposed to go to the bathroom. Okay, let's say they, they keep going to the bathroom in the kitchen. They keep going in the, on the same spot on the floor over and over. Well, you already know that if you just simply clean that mess up, 
without retraining the behavior, the puppy is just going to keep going in the same place, right? They're just going to keep going back to that behavior over and over again. So what you are recognizing probably right now is that you must retrain the dog's behavior in order to get them to go in the correct place. They have to be taught so that they can learn, oh, this is where I am supposed to use the bathroom. So it's not about changing the food that you're eating, the frequency of your meals, or just the awareness of your meals. And by the way, all of these things are incredibly powerful tools for releasing weight, as long as you also include that first crucial step that we're talking about of the reprogramming piece. But it's not about just changing those things. It's about what needs to be retrained so that your relationship to eating aligns with your weight loss goals. So one of the things I'm never going to tell you, even though I do speak on disordered eating because that was that's my background, and I have fully recovered from disordered eating, I'm never going to tell you that if you are 50, 100, more than 100 pounds overweight to not to try and lose weight. I'm never going to tell you that because I don't even have to tell you, you already know this, there are so many benefits when you can be in a healthy range specific to your body, let's say, to just keep it general and not get into all the minutia. Because you, let's face it, we can really get bogged down by the minutia of all the information that's out there, right? Yet with all this information that we have, so many people feel stuck and trapped in, in their bodies and trapped and stuck by their weights. You know, they're feeling a sense of insecurity, they're feeling a sense of discomfort, feeling um, immobilized, feeling pain, um, having issues like being pre-diabetic. And, you know, I've spoken to women who have so many great, amazing things going for them in their lives, yet they feel, you know, at a stalemate when it comes to their weight. They can't figure out how to go from knowing all the information to actually being able to implement that information in a way that feels like a natural extension of who they are instead of feeling like it's a constant struggle. This is why that first crucial step that we're talking about, I almost said in this episode because I've been podcasting for so long, but this first crucial step, that's why this is so important. It's the difference between, you know, feeling like you're climbing an uphill battle to feeling like you're actually going downhill. Right. But when you immediately dive into making changes to things like your diet and exercise program without doing that first crucial step of retraining your relationship to those to those behaviors, what you're doing is you're taking the same actions you've been doing before, hoping for new results, which is totally understandable. Many of us fall into this trap. But you already know that it's been getting you nowhere. So why would you choose to continue to go down that path? Especially, you know, when you're learning the information that I'm sharing with you today. So what constitutes your relationship to eating? Let's get into what is it that we're even needing to reprogram in the first place? 
there's three things that I've identified after, you know, my own recovery and working with other women that constitute your relationship to eating. The three things are, number one, your habits, number two, how you handle stress, and number three, your self-image. So, and you're going to soon discover as you're listening to this that I actually put these in uh, reverse order of priority when you're actually implementing all these things. And that's because most people can easily identify and relate to habits. So habits. Habits are consisting of when, why, what, and how you eat. So I'm looking down at some notes. So does your habitual way of eating serve you? Does it serve you? However you eat habitually. Again, I'm not going to tell you, oh, you should eat this way. You should eat, you know, between the hours of 12 and 8. Or you should only eat um, proteins in the morning. I'm not going to tell you that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to challenge your habits and look at them and ask yourself, are these habits supporting me to get where I want to go? Are they actually moving the needle for me? Are they creating the relationship with food and the weight loss results that I want? That is, oh, hey, Courtney! (laughs) Hey, girl. So good to see you here. So um, we're just breaking down what constitutes our relationship to eating. And so as I said, our relationship to eating is constituted in our habits in how you handle stress and your self image. So again, your habits, I want you to ask yourself, do my habits support me? It's not about, you know, a specific perfect way of eating. It's not about specific perfect foods. We're all very different. We all have very different needs. But what I would challenge you to ask yourself is, do my habits support me? Do my habits support me physically? Do they support me emotionally? Do they support me spiritually? Some of you will know what I'm talking about when I when I say that. Maybe you maybe that um, question resonates, maybe it doesn't. But what I want you to do is to start asking yourself these questions, these types of questions, so that you can identify what habits do you need? It is not a one size fits all. So that's the first thing. It's our habits. Um, The second one is how you handle stress. So are you aware of how much stress you have? Are you aware of your stressors? Are you aware when you are in the state of being stressed? How much awareness do you have? Do you have a robust toolkit for handling that stress? Um, What is your self-talk? This is a big one. What is your self-talk around stress? So often we get stuck in the stress simply because of the words that we're using when we are in that state of stress. So what is your self-talk around stress? And do you stuff it or do you process it? This is another huge one. Do you stuff it or do you process it? So... Um, habits, how you handle stress, and then the third one, and like I said, I put them in reverse order of priority because when I work with clients to help them to reprogram their relationship to eating and to weight loss, this is actually where we start. Why do we start here? 
your self-image. It's another way of saying your identity, your identity as an eater, your identity around your body. You know, I grew up hearing the women in our family are big. I grew up hearing this over and over again. And it was really actually well-intentioned. It was a way to, you know, to help the women in our family who were curvier to um, not feel like something's wrong with us. So that was a really positive intention that can, when interpreted certain ways, have um, negative consequences, right? So, you know, for in my family, many of the women, you know, unfortunately are not just curvy, you know, really just overweight and to a point where, you know, in the past, I am personally changing this for my generation right now. I claim that for my generation that, you know, it stops with me. The cycle stops with me. But in the past, there's been like early deaths from, you know, diseases and, you know, core morbidities um, that were that are highly correlated to obesity. So this is really you're probably starting to realize like this goes so much far beyond just like aesthetics. Um, This goes to your health. This goes to your quality of life. And this goes to really generational patterns that have been perpetuated um, a lot of times in communities that are marginalized, unfortunately. So we're here breaking that generational cycle of, you know, um, chronic obesity. And so let me, I went off a little bit of a tangent, so hopefully it was good. But so I want to talk about your self-image. So what do you think, feel, and believe about yourself in relationship to eating? Like I said, I grew up hearing the women in our family are just big and curvy and we're beautiful. But I also witnessed my mom struggle for many years trying to lose weight. So what message did that send to me? And what was my self-image about about weight loss, about my body, about whether I could accept myself as I was? Like there were all these mixed messages and maybe you've received some of those mixed messages too in your own life. So what is your identity around eating and weight loss? Is it I'm overweight? My entire life, no matter what I've done, you know, I've struggled with my weight and no matter what I did to try and change it, nothing worked. Is that your identity? Um, Is it I just love food, you know, and that's your identity. Is it no matter what I do, nothing works to help me lose weight. So these are all aspects of your um, self-image, which, by the way, is subconscious so you don't like spend your day thinking about okay in this moment what identity am I going to put on right now these things are happening without you realizing that they're happening every moment of your day you're living from the current self-image that you have right now So, like I said, this is the first place where I start with my students. 
you're probably starting to realize that you may have been trying to change your eating habits and your relationship with food backwards. So that's why you want to flip it and start from your self-image. You want to start reprogramming and retraining the way that you see yourself so that your habits and your the way that you handle stress also change and shift for you and start creating that effortless sense of being able to eat healthy as a natural extension of who you are. I mean, how amazing does that feel? And can you imagine what that feels like when you just effortlessly eat healthy as a natural extension of you? Imagine, you know, being able to sit down to a meal and be so happy with everything that's on your plate and know that it is actually supporting your weight loss goals. What is that worth to you? Because to me, nothing is worth more than my health. Nothing is worth more than my health. And when you discover that you are the most priceless thing in your life, I believe that you will have the same value of nothing is more important than your health. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashonda Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on, an, on another episode. Bye.